Well, hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in and listening to another rendition of the East Lake Podcast. And for those of you watching online, uh, for watching this discussion that we get to have today, my name is Peter, and I am interviewing two people. Um, one is a great friend, and one is my best friend. So Brittany <laughs> is my wife, and she's going to be um, being interviewed by me today, along with our good friend, Sarah Hansen. Um, and the topic today is mental health. And I'm really excited. This whole year, we've been having discussion about rituals. And we've had lots of different interviews and discussions with different people. Like, what are your personal rituals? What rituals are helpful for you? What even is a ritual? That's kind of how we started the year. And as I was kind of thinking through, like, where are we going to continue to go this year? I wanted to have discussion with these two individuals um, just regarding, like, mental health rituals. And maybe, like, maybe it's just a, a fancy way. Rituals is, like, a fancy way to talk about mental health habits um, or a more of a spiritual word for a habit, but I wanted to think through and have your two perspectives on mental health rituals. So thanks for joining the discussion today and being open to us kicking around an interesting topic that I know is near and dear to your heart. So before we jump in, do you want to like share a little bit, Sarah, and then maybe Brittany, sure. like background, why you care about the topic? And then maybe disclaimers, <laughs> things that yeah. you want to say in advance always. of anything that we, we go always. <laughs> um yes hello um yeah i'm excited to be here this morning it's a nice um it's always really great getting to talk to peter and Brittany. i um my name is sarah and i do have a background in um the mental health field so i got my master's a while back and then also went back and got my doctorate in counseling psychology and so i currently work as a psychologist um in the seattle area seeing um people on an individual basis yeah that's kind of my background love it yeah and i'm Brittany, and i let's see i care about mental health well i guess i i guess i could start with my background i just finished a master's program um last year and have seen started seeing clients a little bit and dipping my toes into that um, aspect of the field. And I care about mental health because I think for me, it is deeply tied to spirituality. Like, and it, it feels like the stripped down version of spiritual practices all around the world. And I like where those two things intersect is where a lot of my interest in passionate about the field comes from is kind of understanding here's all these different world religions and how more importantly, how humans have related mm -hmm. to the world and to each other and to themselves since we gained consciousness. And if we can strip away all of the human dogma and structures and man-made religions and different things, the ways that we have collectively gathered around these practices, I think what you're left with is mental health, like mental health <laughs> rituals in a way. Um, and so that's kind of my, my interest in mental health and where that fits. Yeah. Certainly feels like um, whether we want to or not as parents, mental health is a part of our experience. Like whether you're an expert in it and have any education in it or not, feels like a parent is at some role, a counselor. Brittany and I have four children. And she um, lets me know when my mental health recommendations maybe aren't actually um, 
best practice. <laughs> Maybe there's some input. So it's very helpful to have uh, a mental health professional in the family. Okay. So when I threw out rituals related to mental health, and I know you two have had some discussion and kind of thought through different aspects of that, but um, what are some things that you kind of want to start with when we think through mental, like maybe even like, how do we understand mental health and maybe even how do we understand ritual? I think I can just start with, I had to Google um, like what is mental health? Because I do think it, we talk about it a lot and you hear about it a lot and it's on Instagram and there's lots of different recommendations around um, like in quotes, mental health. And so I was like, what, well, and then there's a lot of different terms. There's like mental illness, there's mental disorders, there's, mm-hmm. um, there are a lot of different, like even psychology people, it's like, sometimes all of those terms get um, mixed around. And so in my Google search, um, it was interesting to see that it is kind of what we're talking about, which is a lot of different things all coming together. So the emotional psychological and social well-being right all those parts of a person it was interesting a lot of it talked about like it's how you handle stress it's how you handle interpersonal relationships and decision making which i thought was an interesting thing and then just how i think about it i i think people listening it's like you you could have people with mental health issues you could have a diagnosis a formal diagnosis of depression anxiety bipolar things that are found um more in like the DSM, which is how we do diagnosis in the field. Um, and so there is that aspect of mental health and that that's a part of it. And, and a lot of us have those diagnoses. And also there's also parts of it that are just, maybe you are functioning well, like you, you can hold a job and you are, you're providing food for your family and you're, you're, you're going through all the motions, but it's how are you coping with the mm. things that life brings at you and are you i mean a lot of times that's how we're even doing diagnosis is like are you functioning well in life are you is there an impairment in some way for you to be able to do the things that you're wanting to do and so i think when we talk about mental health we're talking about how well are you kind of able to handle what comes at you in life which comes you know the things that come at us that things that come at us all right? Just the ups Mm -hmm. and downs. I think it's helpful to clarify that just because like depending on how familiar people are listening with the topic, it could be, it could mean a lot of things. So I think it is helpful to kind of give a a starting place for it. And and also to kind of point out, it's not necessarily even, it's certainly not that you're happy all the time, right? It's not that mental health doesn't mean you feel good every day. (laughs) Um, It means kind of capability um, to navigate stress capability to navigate emotional ups and downs and like you said some of the functionality piece of able to hopefully for the most part probably live out most of what you want to live out in your life i would assume like i can do what i want to as much as i can given the constraints that we have right um have a job have a family have relationships have friendships that kind of thing um cool anything else to add there um no just that i love the distinction that Sarah made and almost kind of thinking of it as like a spectrum and illnesses on one side and like coping with regular life experiences are on the other side. Um, 
And so, and yeah, I think that's important to kind of important way to view it. Okay. Well, I did some Googling too, Sarah, in advance of this to see if mental health rituals could like, if they could be mashed together. Um, And ritual does have, like when I looked up the definition of ritual, um, it one of the definitions was a religious or solemn ceremony consisting of a series of actions. So there's certainly some connotations with the word ritual of, you know, religious ritual, maybe communion or baptism that would, would be a Christian ritual, right? There's, there's certainly every religion has those. Um, but other definition of ritual would be just a, a more general one that didn't have religious connotations, just a series of actions or type of behavior um, that somebody follows regularly. Hmm. Um, so I was pleased to know that you could consider, me- I mean, one, I don't think mental health isn't spiritual. I think you're speaking to that too, Britt, earlier is that certainly mental health can be, is a part of our spirituality, right? Um, but I think the, the conversation of, are there series of actions that you found either for yourself or for your clients or in your studies and in your background that we could be following should be following, should be open to trying that could help us more often than not live in a space of mental health. Um, and actually, maybe even before we get into those rituals, I'm, I'm like, am I thinking about it the right way? Like, is like, would you call yourselves I'm mentally healthy? Or do you say I'm striving towards mental health? I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to have habits or rituals that help me live in a mentally healthy state. Like, what's the goal there when it comes to mental health? Because it seems like it would ebb and flow, right? Like if you're going through the middle of a very emotionally challenging time, nobody's going to be like, this is so mentally fit today. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I'm curious, like, how do you even, like, how how do we set goals around mental health? (laughs) I have thoughts, but Brittany, do you have thoughts? I'm sure you have thoughts too. I have thoughts too. You probably have more thoughts than I do. So let me go first. I doubt it. I think, um, my one thought is I think the word mental doesn't help us in the conversation because to me, when I think of like mental, I feel like everything feels like it's um, cognitive, cognitive, like a mm-hmm. men- like a mental, like, oh, it's like a mental puzzle. It's like we all know that that means like I'm using my brain or my head. And I think the reality is mental health is whole, whole body. Like it's a whole body thing. Um, mm-hmm. And so that I think that's important that when we think of rituals, it's not just things. It, it's not just one aspect of kind of the, the whole picture. And the other thing I think is really important. And I was thinking about this in terms of when I think about my clients, I often just think of like what what's kind of themes that come up. And I remember I've had a lot of people kind of this like exasperated, like, do I have to keep doing this? Like, do I, and not necessarily about counseling, but just like, do I have to keep working at this? Like, isn't there a point where like, I'm just in quotes better or like in quotes, I can do it. And it is such a hard thing to tell someone like, yeah, just like you have to keep working at like, I don't know. I mean, besides, you know, they say like, oh, getting on a bike, it's like getting on the bike and you can just know how to ride it. Mental health is not like that. Um, because mm. circumstances change, um, your body physically changes, um, how you, when, as you grow up, it's like you have perspective on things that have happened in a different way. And so you might not have needed counseling for something that happened in the past or like something might not be impacting you. And then you hit an age or your kids hit an age where all of a sudden you're like, whoa, 
I, I'm, I'm struggling. And so I think thinking that you'll get to a, like a certificate of mental health is probably Completion. not the. I've graduated. You've graduated. Yeah. You might graduate from like, I mean, I think, I hope people can come and go from counseling. That's always my goal. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want to keep people in counseling, but a lot of people come back because they're, yeah. they hit something else or something else happens in life and not to see that as a failure or like you're doing something wrong, but it is an ongoing, like you have to ongoingly eat vegetables. You don't get to eat one carrot, yeah. even though my kid really wants, I did it. Like I ate the carrot. Right. Yes. You actually have to eat more. Like you have to keep eating carrots, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, that makes sense. That's a thought. Yeah. Good thought. When you ask the question, like, what is the goal of mental health, Peter? I think I think of the goal being like, can I make choices that are in alignment with my values and who I want to be and how I want to show up in this life and what is important to me, regardless of what's happening to me? Like, so regardless of how I'm feeling, regardless of what is, uh, what the up or the down is that's happening in this human experience that we are all walking through to Sarah's point, like we're doing great. And then we're not because something changed, something shifted. And it's not, it's not to not have those experiences or not have those struggles. Like those are inevitable. They are going to happen. Um, but when I think of building tools in my mental health resource belt in my toolkit tool belt. the tool, tool belt. belt i'm always wearing a tool belt yes <laughs> when i think about that i'm like what are like things what are habits that i can build that help me ride the waves of mm. being human and allow there allow me to still make the a really hard choice to to eat the carrot to yeah even though this is happening right now and I don't feel like eating carrots, the last thing I want to do is eat a carrot, but I'm going to eat the carrot because I know the carrot's good for me. And I want to be a person who eats carrots. And because that's who I want to be, I'm, that's what I'm going to do regardless yeah. of what's happening. Um, that's kind of how I think of like what, when, what I'm trying to move towards personally and what I'm trying to help my clients when I'm meeting with someone, I'm trying to help someone acknowledge everything that's going on and also say, okay, how, how do you, what do you want the outcome to be? Like, how do you actually want to show up on the other side of this? And what can we do to help strengthen the ability to make that, that really hard choice because of everything yeah. that's going on? Yeah. That's helpful. Sometimes I think people too, um, they want even me, because I feel like when Brittany and I started talking about this, I was like, you know what I don't want to say? I don't want to say, you know, it's sleeping, it's, you know, eating, it's exercise, it's um, sleep, eating, exercise, like the things that we kind of, in quotes, I feel like everyone in quotes knows to do those things, right? Eat, drink your water and be in sunshine. And I know my clients are sick of me, like when they do re-enter back in, or if I'm in conversation with people, those are the questions I'm always going to ask. Like, I'm going to say, are you sleeping? And I'm not going to say, are you eating? It's not even about eating in quotes, healthy or anything in the pressures we put on with food. It's just, are you eating? Period. Like, are, yeah. is food a part of life right now? Are you sleeping, eating, 
are you moving your body? It's not about running a 10 minute. No, not a 10 minute mile. <laughs> that sounds good. I think I might be able to pull off that. I did a 15 mile in eighth grade and was really proud of it. Okay. So are you just moving your body regularly? Right. And are you connecting and belonging? Are you in some sort of like, do you have friends? Are you talking to people? And what's interesting is people it's like, and I have that same reaction of like, Oh my gosh, isn't there something more like, aren't there more things or isn't there something you're not telling me? And a lot of times I feel like you have to start, unfortunately, but fortunately you do kind of need to start there. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like you guys have a, a funny, you have a funny thing for all those things. No, Britt does. You should share yeah. your yeah, metaphor for that. Yeah. Just that we're, as humans, all we are is complicated houseplants. Like we need sunshine, <laughs> we need water, we need food. And it's amazing if you are like tracking, if you're tracking that along with your mental health, which in this case could also just be feelings or like how you're feeling in the moment. Like a lot of times they're correlated mm-hmm. and if you can address one, you address the other as well. Um, yeah. but it, we, it does feel, it, it does feel more complicated than that. It feels like to Sarah's point, like there should be more, <laughs> like it shouldn't just be like, you know, I just need to go for a walk and drink some more water. And I, and I think there, there is more yeah. too which it kind of gets into kind of that like professional counseling level, which if we think about that, like, what are we doing in that space? Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's an interesting question to ask. For sure. I think though, I mean, for everyone listening, I mean, I think you're, you're two, you two are both so in the world of mental health that you've heard these things so much that there are potentially people listening that are like maybe haven't weren't aware how important sleep is to how they feel day to day or how important general nutrition is or how important just moving your body for 10 minutes a day or having a friend right like I know like relationships ebb and flow like things change right going from maybe in office to remote work and then feeling like oh a sense of not even recognizing I don't feel good anymore and then realizing there's a gap in relationships like it's hard to know necessarily what is causing you to feel down or feel not yourself until somebody points it out. And so while it probably feels like you're just saying these things that feel so simple for for us, it's like, I think for those of us who aren't in that, in, in the mental health field, telling people eight to 10 times a day, um, I think sometimes it can feel um, hard to discern what's the actual problem and somebody pointing out some of those things, like it's hard to note that I'm not drinking enough water until somebody asks me. Like I, I haven't yeah. thought about it. Maybe I'll try that. So I think it is important to get back to basics. And yes, there's more to it, but I think at minimum it's helpful for people to know. Start there. Like let's start with some of those, um, and then we can keep digging after that too. But let's start with some of those complicated house plants parts. Yes, I think what happens is people think, oh yeah, 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 but they don't realize mm-hmm. that you do have to build rituals in each of those areas, and that's where I think as Brittany and I maybe start sharing like what we personally do they probably actually fall into those categories really, but we've just, we've deepened it and, and thought, mm-hmm. yes, it is maybe, you know, movement related, but how, like what actually feels good for me mm-hmm. and 
and in the space that I'm I'm currently in and what works even just like logistically or what are the resources we have to like make each of those things a priority. And so I think too, it's a lack of creativity. Sometimes people are just, they're not as creative in thinking, you know, they hear exercise, they're just, all they're thinking is like pain and maybe guilt related or shame related to that. And it's like, there's so much more than just like having to go on a run. I kind of feel like that's the, you know, we'll just go on a run. Um, and I'm like, oh, there's so many ways, way, way, lots of ways to move your body, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as an example, but. And I think taking the time to explore what those things are for you, to your point, Sarah, of just like it being such an individualized experience, like, yes, there are these broad categories, but within that, what specifically works for you is really important to take time to discover about yourself and highlight because when it is one of those days that's like you wake up and you're like today sucks already and I don't even know like I but it just sucks already you have those things to fall back on like when that day happens for me these are the first things that I reach for the I the first thing I reach for is my huge 40 ounce water bottle and fill it up with water. And I'm like, I'm going to start here today. <laughs> like, even if it's just like waiting this thing out and being open to the opportunity for this to shift later in the day for me, that is, those are still the things that I immediately go to and fall back on first is those things that I've discovered about myself that I've kind of created this ritual around And I like to, like, when we were talking about this, um, Sarah pointed out like that, that there's daily, weekly, monthly, and even annual traditions or rituals that are helpful in kind of like that overall experience of, of creating these things for your mental health. Yeah. Well, let's go through some of them. You mentioned like your water as an example, but. You were saying, Sarah, like ritual is probably connected to a lot of those categories. So one, I'm kind of curious, like, do you have personal ones that you're like, here's some of my personal rituals that help me. Um, And then like, which ones come up a lot for your clients or you find maybe this is like one for me, but what I feel like most people like is this, this helps the majority of people. Yeah. Do you want to go first, Brittany, or do you want um sure I can go first okay um, I have a water bottle that I mentioned that my sister got me for Christmas that is wonderful um and even if I don't drink as many of them as I would like to or should in a day it's still almost like a symbol of who I am like I'm like I'm a person who drinks water and so even if I don't make it all the way through I'm like mm. this is this is part of my identity. This is part of what I do. This is who I am kind of a thing, which I think is helpful and important to some of these habits. If you've looked at any of like James Clear's book, Atomic Habits and that type thing, like people habits work for people when they adopt them as part of their identity. And so, um, be thinking of that too. I, when you're thinking through like, what do I do? Like what, what is helpful to me? 
um, how do you see yourself and who do you think you are? Um, and so another one for me is yoga. Yoga always like, like for me, movement, I liked how you, you said, Sarah, like, it's not like running five miles. It doesn't have to be running five miles. It doesn't have to be this like insane workout for this to be true. Um, I find that physical movement for me tends to be like a, a bring down my, my nervous system and like regulate my nervous system. So I'm like long walks kind of gal. And I'm like Hatha yoga, which is like slow, intentional movement yoga. And those things just like really help me bring myself back to center, um, and ground. So those are some of my, those are some of my go-tos. Um, I don't have to think of any others. What about you, Sarah? Can I ask you really quick? Cause I think this proves this point is my guess is the water is a daily. Isn't what? Like a daily, like you're doing that on it. Like you fill that every day probably is the yoga daily or do you, is that more like, how often would you say that you're doing that a week? Question. I right now, and to your point of like circumstances change. <laughs> so you shift and you make it work. You figure out how it fits in. And there have been different points in my life where it has been more of a daily ritual or an every other day ritual. Um, but right now it looks like Wednesday mornings at nine 30, I found my yoga studio. Yeah. It acts not just as like a nervous system regulation, but also going to a class mm -hmm. represents like a social step as well. That's like, oh, I'm going to enter into the space and I'm going to connect with these people by doing this same motion together, by doing the same ritual together. And especially for someone who doesn't attend church anymore or doesn't have like that spiritual community there, there's like a, there's a, an aspect of that that gets filled just by showing up to class at nine 30 yeah. on Wednesday mornings kind of a thing. Yeah, and so, that's so good. There's like another, there's added layers to it for me, right. Of like what it's filling, um, for me. Um, and maybe that looks like stretching every once in a while when I think about it at home. Um, but yeah, I feel like walks are more of like, if I were doing something daily, I'd probably pick walks if I could, but I don't cause I have four kids. And so it doesn't always work out. <laughs> yeah. Hey Eastlake, Peter here. Thanks so much for tuning in to watch this message. I wanted to do just a quick interruption to say thank you to so many of you who are making regular contributions to Eastlake. Eastlake is a nonprofit and everything that we do is because of a community of consistent and generous people who really believe in this place and want to see it continue. So uh, if you're a part of that community, thank you for how you make this place go. If you are tuning in regularly and are part of this community, but you haven't yet um, jumped in to making a financial contribution, we would encourage you to do that and encourage you to go to eastlakecc.com to help support Eastlake as a community and continue to make these messages possible. Thanks so much for uh, letting me interrupt your message. Let's jump back in. I think what I've been um, mulling over even as we've been talking about, and I remember when we were like, okay, let's talk about like what we actually do. I was like, oops, don't do anything is my initial reaction. Like I don't have any rituals. Like what do I even, you know, I'm not doing anything. And then panic, panic. 
And so I do think the <laughs> she starts step, rituals. I have to talk about it. <laughs> I gotta talk about it. And then what happened is when I started thinking about my life, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have lots of them, but maybe I haven't intentionally identified or named them. And so I think I want to challenge everybody before you even start, don't add anything yet. Don't even mm-hmm. like, don't, don't listen to us talking and then think you have to now add the things that we're going to be talking about. Mm-hmm. Actually look at your life because you have them. You just haven't identified them as that such. So I feel like the best example for me was COVID. I feel like I, we were all on so many levels, right? We were, it was new. We were all going through it. The collective experience of that was really overwhelming. Um, as a psychologist to be counseling people that were experiencing the exact same thing I was experiencing was new and exhausting in a whole different way because it all felt triggering or like I was, I wanted to be like, yeah, yeah. Like, and they knew that too. It's like, yes, same, but it felt really vulnerable because they knew what I was experiencing because they were experiencing it. Anyway, it felt there was like complications there. And then obviously just kids and how is it impacting people on, on so many really painful ways. So I felt like rituals became like the thing like I I needed grounding and I needed my home to feel um safe and calm and so I got the best um essential oils diffuser and every morning filling it and like putting it on and having this like yummy smells drift into the air was so it was how I started every day and I still Mm -hmm. start most days like that and it was very I I didn't realize how important it was it felt there was like it 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 calmed so many of my senses it did have that that feeling of like kind of lighting a candle like it just had this very intentionality about it um washing my face and like putting lotion on my like having my skincare routine went up and the cost of my skincare routine went up like hundred percent. And there was something so soothing about at night, like having this kind of, and, and naming it as such, like this is part of my mental health is having this like spa like experience for 10 minutes in my bathroom. Right. Um, and then for me, I am a person where my brain um, tends towards the anxiety realm of things. And part of that is I'm constantly searching for problems to fix. Love a good problem. Like, give me a problem. My brain will be like, yes, yes, yes. I will chew over that for a long time. Well, clearly during COVID, the problems felt like exponential. Um, and then just it collided with how my brain normally is, which is, I feel like I'm just constantly searching the horizon for danger and something that needs to be fixed. Um, so I watched 40 seasons of Survivor. Um, and Survivor is the best show for people who need a good ritual because it is the most ritual-based yeah. show. The same, Jeff Probst says the same thing every single episode. The same rhythm, no matter what season you're watching, there's like a rhythm to the 
show and you know what's coming, but there's strategy and there's social. And I felt like it, my brain just, it was my safety, but also it helped my brain feel really engaged in trying to figure things out. Mm -hmm. Um, I love adult Legos. Like my favorite thing would be getting my kids to bed and setting up my entire table with um, Legos that are 18 and older, like the technical ones. Um, Maybe with a show on, you know, my tea, like they're solving problems that feel external to me is very soothing. So I feel like, again, these are not, you're not here, you know, those are not typical or maybe they're not um, what we think of when we think of like mental health or, or like, um, yeah, mental health rituals. But those are the ones that I feel like, oh yeah, when I think about what I actually do that is calming, that does help my brain um, get to a, a maybe a space where I feel like I'm okay. Like I can, I can move forward or go to sleep. Um, that's what I thought about. Yeah. I like those examples. Those are awesome examples. Well, thanks. I don't have a skincare routine. Um, you know. And I, there might be some men who do um, listening to this. Um, but that was one that made me feel like, I know Brittany does too. Like there's like, it's probably like a little bit symbolic too of like, I'm worth caring, like my, I, my body, I want to care for my body and I'm, I'm worth it. Right. Uh, I have, there's all sorts of other, you know, it's not a skincare routine for me, but there's other things that I do is that I'm like, this is a way for me to tell myself, gosh, darn it. You're worth it today. You know? Um, yeah. so I think that's a good, those are good examples. I was thinking of some for me. Um, I, I love how you just mentioned moving your body. Um, both of you brought that up and I think that does lower the bar a lot from, the expectations, like there's so much, like you said, guilt and pressure when it comes to working out. Um, and I think there's all sorts, like I've gone through seasons where I've felt lots of motivation to exercise. And I've gone through seasons where I haven't felt motivated in the least to exercise. And so I think moving your body is a good bar for everybody um, that like, I think it's possible regardless of how motivated you are um, from an exercise standpoint. Um, there's certainly, I know for me, that's one of my rituals that I have um, is I, I do have an exercise routine. It's pretty hilarious and embarrassing that it had to start with um, an app. Like about four years ago, I found this app that said eight, is it called eight fit? And it was like eight minute workouts. And I was like, something in my brain triggered. Like I had this, I know I need to eventually find some kind of routine to move my body. And it felt like eight minutes was something that I could squeeze into my really busy schedule in my brain. And of course, right. They tricked me. And eventually it's up to like a 20, 30 minute, like they're stretching and it grows, but it starts with eight minutes and you're like, you know what? I can do 10 pushups and over eight minutes and all this stuff. So that's been really helpful for me. And I do know that having that regular ritual of moving my body, um, they're not, I mean, I'm not a CrossFit guy. I'm not trying to win any, I'm not going to win any records for um, fit human ever, but that's been massive for me personally in terms of a ritual of moving my body. The other ritual that came to my brain was for me and Britt, we have a weekly date night. And I think that is an important thing from a relationship standpoint. And I, I think sometimes there's barriers and you talked about creativity, right? There's sometimes barriers of like, oh, too expensive or I have to get childcare or I feel like for, for, if you're you know, in a partnership and you have kids, there's a lot of barriers, I think, mentally for, for people um, to say, I can't fit that in. Or I can't do that. Um, 
but I do want to challenge people to be creative there too, because like a date night could just mean on Thursday nights at seven o'clock, I have a two-year-old, we shove that two-year-old in a stroller and we go walk for an hour and we just check in with each other and have a conversation. Um, it doesn't have to be an expensive thing, but I know for us in our, in our marriage, Brittany and I, um, it's been just really, really important to have that regular routine where we can check in um, and not like talk logistics. Like we try to not talk the budget and we can't talk calendaring. Like here's what the next four weeks of events look like. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't sound like a date. That sounds like a one-on-one, right? Like a meeting with my yeah. manager. So having a ritual that is relationship focused, um, if you're in a partnership, I think the one that I certainly encourage you. Yeah. That's really good. I think okay. we should talk. I, oh, go what's ahead. Next? Wait, can you? No, I was going to ask you. What's was, next? Oh, I was thinking of the barriers or like things that come up. Brittany and I talked about what What are the things that come up that mm-hmm. uh, or gets in the way. the way or like why if it's, you know, in quotes, this simple, like if it's these things, like why or why does it feel so hard or why do we not? Um, why do we not do them yep yeah. um i would love the them. back half of this convo to be all about that what gets in the way of us actually drinking water or yeah. doing an eight minute workout <laughs> yeah i think all of us have a myriad of different reasons at different times for what gets in the way i feel like especially when all of our kids were super young it's like well yeah i know i should move my body, but my kid was up three times last night. And the last thing I want to do is spend these last 10 minutes before everybody's awake, like moving my body. I would Mm -hmm. like to lay here with my eyes closed and have nobody talk to me (laughs) Like like that is, or, I mean, when our baby, again, babies were little, like it was like, I, everyone goes to bed and I would like to stay up till 1am on my phone with nobody touching me, nobody talking to me, nobody asking me a question or asking me for anything. And so staying up till 1am doesn't, doesn't really like support like a 6am workout before everybody is awake or, you know, so it, 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 I feel like these things ebb and flow and that's why it's so important to recognize it's, it does not look the same for everybody. And it doesn't look like a certain measurement or a certain bar that you have to reach or anything. It is like, what keeps you sane? Like during that time, what kept me sane was strapping my child into a stroller and pushing them going to the park and pushing them around in a loop at the park any day that I could fit it in. And people could look at that and be like, oh my gosh, such a good mom. You take your kids to the park every day. And I would be like walking by and just be like, oh no, this is for me. This is my own sanity right here. Like, or not even going to a park. It's rainy in Seattle a bunch, like strapping them into the car and just driving because that's my ritual today. My ritual today is having the tiny humans strapped into something that they can't go and hurt themselves or go get into something or hurt each other. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So maybe a ritual, a ritual for me right now, right? I still, we still have a three-year-old, almost four-year-old at home and that I'm with. And my ritual with him is, Oh, 
it's two o'clock. It's time for your shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. We're going to turn on the shows and I'm going to do whatever I want for the next hour. I'm yeah. not going to, I'm not going to work on something. That's for sure. I'm not going to meal prep for tonight and I'm not going to pick out which books we're going to read as soon as you're done with your screen time. Nope. I'm going to sit and take a nap. I'm going to do nothing. I'm going to scroll on Instagram, whatever I need. Right. Um, so I think, I think the things that some of the barriers can be like that creativity or feeling like you're boxed into, it has to look this way or it, it can only be this for it to count. I'm terrible at that. Like that's something that I'm trying to be more aware of is like only giving my credit myself credit for things if they fit this particular box and, um, and really looking at like how that's affecting how I think about myself. Like somebody mentioned, Oh, you know, you're a healthy person. And I'm like, I'm not a healthy person because I know what I, what you look at and see me do as healthy doesn't fit my box. So I'm not checking it. And that's not Mm -hmm. giving myself credit for, you know, whatever. So I think, I think that can for sure be a barrier. What's one that comes to mind for you, Sarah? Um, I think it's so good. And what I hear there is that, um, this idea of like, we really do need to listen well to ourselves because my says you don't sometimes know you, the collective, you don't know what you actually need or what would actually be the kindest thing to do for yourself at that moment or the, you know, you're not, it's like a, you know, that, you know, the list we just said, sleep and moving your body and eating and things like that. But what you're maybe missing is this idea of like, what do I feel like I really need though? Or what, where, where am I actually really struggling? Um, I, I think that there is, there can be a resistance to doing some of these things. And I feel like people, um, that can then get layered with shame and like, I'm just not a person that works out or I'm just not a person that, you know, I just, they kind of can then identify with everything that's not them or something like that. And I think um, I've been thinking lately that, uh, what do I okay. So I think that each of us, right? Like we were kids once and we grew up. And so inside of all of us, is all of these different ages of us. And I tend to find when I'm resistant to doing something, it's because my teenage version of myself is so sick of people telling me what to do. Like, please stop telling me what to do. And I'm going to rebel, especially if you tell me what to do, I'm going to on purpose, like not do it because I'm so mad at you. And I think what happens is we, we are ignoring that and we don't realize that it's not me, like me, Sarah, the almost 40 year old knows that getting good sleep will help me feel better in the morning. I do not like being told to go to bed even by myself. And I don't like, I I want to feel freedom. And that's my teenage self. I feel like revving up and not feeling understood. So what I try to do is is listen to that and say, I'm so I bet that's really hard. 
Sarah at 16 Mm. to feel trapped or stuck because that's how I feel sometimes as a mom. (laughs) And I think it triggers that. There's so many constraints of parenting and life and work. And and all the shoulds, like you should be doing this and you should, and Instagram is just all um, pointed at like all the things I should be doing. And I'm annoyed and feel shame and guilt for all the things I'm not doing well, or I should be buying this thing to make this thing better. And my rebellion side of me revs up and I'm like, kind of like F to all of you. Like I'm mad, I'm mad and frustrated and I'm sick of it. So what happens is if I can kind of say to myself, I get that. Like, I really do understand that that's like, listen well to my, that part of me that's mad about all of that and then ask that part of me what do you need and it might be that like I need a day I I need to drive somewhere on my own and kind of feel like the wind in my hair like I need to feel a little bit more freedom um or I it's a then just stay up till 1am who cares like do what you want you know kind of giving myself permission like hey maybe Mm -hmm. that's what I need right now Mm-hmm. is to not feel like constrained in that way. And so I think there's this idea of sometimes we are a little bit self-sabotaging, but not maybe to view that in such a negative, like I'm a terrible person because I can't get myself to do these things, but with a lot more compassion, mm-hmm. looking inwards and saying, hey, let let me understand that part of you, Right. Um, and that is probably best done with a counselor because as soon as you start asking the different parts of you, when I say parts, I mean different, the ages within yourself, like your 11 year old self and your 15 year old self, as soon as you start asking them Mm -hmm. what they need, all the memories associated with those ages will come flooding. And sometimes it's really helpful to tell, go and talk to someone about those things that are coming up, right? And to kind of work through maybe perhaps um, past traumas or things, you know, big T traumas. So things that kind of anyone saying them, we'd all be like, well, yeah, that was, that's really hard. But even the little T traumas, right? Just not feeling heard or understood at different ages. You can't keep repeating that pattern with yourself. But no one else is in charge of that except you as an adult. I think sometimes we wait around, like surely someone will come tell me what to do. No, you are an adult now. You are the person. No one is coming to be like, hey, it's time to work out. No one's going to say that to you. You actually have to say it to yourself. But if you have not worked through and there's a bunch of um, history with feeling not understood or misunderstood or forced to do things you didn't want to do, you won't respond well even to yourself saying it's time to wake up mm-hmm. all, all the parts will say no no i don't want to do that you know um and that uh, again i can't say it enough it probably i wouldn't necessarily try that work on your own you know right um but that is good yeah. context or um, helpful for people to think through why like why what what can get in the way right what can get in the way of feeling like I know I should do this. And why do I feel so much defensiveness of hearing the word should or so much resistance, right? And that, I don't think that's an uncommon experience. Um, why do I struggle to lead myself in some of these arenas that there are um, 
contributing factors, not only in our current environment, right? You mentioned some constraints, right? So feeling like I, I, my only freedom is from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. where I, nobody needs anything from me. And gosh darn it, I'm going to spend my time the way I want. Um, that's a life constraint that's contributing to that, right? Having so many expectations of us. But there's also childhood history, like all the history and baggage stuff that we all carry with us that is worth for people considering that that could be contributing as well. And I'm hearing you say, strong recommendation to do that with a professional because you can start to dig in and need help to navigate it well. Yeah. It's good. Um, this is really helpful. I think it's really helpful to hear some of your habits. I appreciate the different thoughts that have been shared. I, I do appreciate too, you're saying, uh, Britt, about um, even some of the, like how much, how hard it is sometimes to give ourselves credit. Um, even like you guys both spoke to this when you're talking about, I don't have any rituals, right? I got to go find some rituals and then recognizing, and I think that was your challenge um, earlier in our discussion is um, for the people listening, you have likely some good things that you're doing on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. And so to like give yourself credit for that, um, which can be hard because I think we can often be our own worst critics. So I love that example. And then the idea is too, of like starting to wear that as an identity, right? I'm somebody that moves my body. I'm somebody that, um, leaps, right? Starting to wear those as an identity as opposed to a should, I think is really helpful. Um, as we're wrapping, I'm curious if there are thoughts that you want to kind of leave people with, um, challenges, encouragements, um, obviously in your space. I think the hope of having this discussion from, from my perspective is that we lower the bar for people when it comes to feeling like they can have this, like we want to make the discussion of mental health approachable and remove shame and fear about feeling like I, I don't always feel like I um, have the best rituals or habits related to mental health. And this is an area that I want to grow in. I know I certainly feel that way. I know you both speak to that for yourself personally. And I think that can be a barrier for a lot of people is feeling like I'm the weird one that I'm, I feel down, right. That that's a, that, that's a unique experience. And we're trying to say it's not. Um, and then it's also just like, and overwhelming, it's like, where should I even start? And I think the point of this is to help people feel like there's simple things you could do today that might help. Uh, and then obviously you can pursue with the counselor as well. But I'm, I'm curious, like, as we're concluding, are there things that you want to wrap with or encourage people with um, who've been listening? Maybe we can start with you, Britt, and then let you finish there. Yeah, I think, I think that what you were saying of just like, there is a myth out there that's like, if you, if you do all the complicated houseplant things, if you have perfect sleep, if you drink more than your body weight of water every day, if you only eat carrots, more like, than your body weight of water. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Follow all the recommendations. Um, that on the other side of that is like a stress-free life that like, you'll never have a bad day. That's how you get rid of them is like this magic pill, this silver bullet, do these things and be free the rest of your life. And, um, that it's just not true. Like we, for what we talked about earlier of just like, that's not life. That's not realistic, a realistic expectation. And so just understanding that these rituals are here to help like as like guardrails for life, almost like keep you 
not guardrails as in like guarding you from something else, but just as in like helping you move through the human experience Mm -hmm. without, without coming to a space where you're just completely overwhelmed with Mm. life, like with what is life, all of the, the things that happen good and bad throughout life. And it's just to kind of like help it not get outside of this window of tolerance, right? Like this window of, of, um, being too overwhelmed or too underwhelmed. Right. But so I think that that is a big myth of following, following mental health practices or building mental health rituals into your life. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hearing you say that like the myth is maybe you can avoid all the bad days, but you're more speaking to like looking for rituals and habits um, that help you navigate them more effectively Um, because they're coming. You can't avoid them. There's no, there's no chapter of your life. that won't have hardship. And so then it's like, how can I be more resilient and have more skill to know what I need in the midst of that? Like you were saying that too, with living out my, how do I live out my values despite a stressful season? I think it's good. Yeah. I think it's good, Britt. How do you say yeah. it? Um, I think that we know that we wake up every day and we go to bed every night. I think that is a ritual in itself, right? Like the, like we all do that. And so I feel like those are times that you could build in. Like I put my slippers by my bed at night. Like I just want them by my bed. Cause I don't want to walk on cold surfaces with bare feet. And so a ritual I do is I just like to okay. make sure my slippers. Right. So I'm thinking like, what does morning Sarah, like what, what would be helpful for her in the morning? Um, like setting the coffee at night. So when I wake up, like I can smell coffee. It's like a very, small thing that makes a big difference in my mornings. So I think people, if it feels overwhelming, like I don't know, or you're having a hard time identifying what are my rituals, think about what you do in the mornings and at nights, because that's what we do for babies too, right? Like, Oh, what's your, what's the kid's bedtime, you know, ritual or rhythm or routine, you know, bedtime routine is like such a big thing. We do that as adults too, but we just, it's okay to identify it as Hey, this is what I do for myself at night, you know? Um, and then the end, I, I feel like I would just say it's checking in like you would with a friend, but to yourself, like, how am I doing? Um, what area kind of doing this scan, like what areas of life feel like they're moving along and I'm, um, they're feeling good or manageable. And like, what areas am I struggling with? Um, or what is hard right now? in life and then thinking about what would be what would be helpful like what would be the kindest thing um what would be a kind thing to do for myself because this this thing is hard right now Mm -hmm. um and trying to move or like angle your rituals or practices around that instead of thinking you have to hit them all it's like sometimes it's just you know i'm feeling really tired it's like, okay, what would, what are some things that would be helpful in my life? Like, what do I need to pay attention to? And like figuring it out instead of just kind of saying that over and over again, which is what we all do. It's like, be curious about it. Like, I wonder like what time of day and what, and like do the same attention you would give to a friend trying to help them figure out, give it to yourself, I think is what I would want to say. 
Mm-hmm. I love that. I think that's a good note to leave on to just, it feels like a lot of us could be, if a friend were going through something, we would have curiosity, we would have compassion, we would be, we would care for that person. But when we're going through something, we right, we'll, we'll critique, we'll shame spiral, we'll feel like I shouldn't even go through, I shouldn't even be going through something hard. Um, that's a failure in and of itself is to be experiencing the ebbs and flows of life. And so I love maybe stepping out and pretending you're just a friend to yourself to help you navigate it a little bit more effectively. So that's wonderful. Well, thank you both for sharing. Hopefully for those of you listening, um, there were one to 38 nuggets that were interesting and helpful. Um, and I think the big hope from even having this discussion is that we could elevate the topic of mental health, remind everybody of its importance and remind everybody that there's some rituals and habits that we can put into place that would help us in this arena. So thanks everybody yeah. for listening. Thank you, Sarah. And L- like and subscribe, like and subscribe to the podcast. <laughs> am I right? Smash that subscribe button. Thanks everybody. Bye. Thank you for joining us to make a donation, head to eastlakecc.com slash donate.